Hey, everybody. Welcome to, well, this is a live recording on our group. Welcome to the Irreplaceable Man podcast, where I'm sitting here with my lovely other half. I'm going to come up with a new one every week. Um, And we're going to talk about rebuilding emotional and reliability trust in your marriage, in your relationship, and with yourself, because that's pretty crucial. You don't understand your emotions, trust your emotions. They will lead you down a bad path, a non-serving path. You will make decisions based on those emotions and you will get a result based on those emotions that you most likely don't want. And you probably have results in your life and in your marriage today because of the emotions that you've allowed to just run. So. When I talk about emotional trust, what what comes up for you? Um, <clears throat> While you're thinking about that real quick, by the way, guys, we're going to be going through a bunch of um, a bunch of strategies for rebuilding emotional trust and repairing the reliability trust. We're going to go through a bunch of strategies there. And um, and techniques for for strengthening the emotional connection. Cool. So when I say emotional trust, what do you think about? I think about um, <clears throat> knowing that. I mean, it, this is basic, but knowing that I can talk to you. Yeah. Well, let's dig into that because. And also knowing that you're not going to like purposefully annoy the shit out of me and <laughs> be obnoxious. It's more than just annoying you though. It's, yeah. it's about the, the trust that your emotions are safe. Yeah. That I can, right? you know, and like when I say talking to you, it's not just like, eh, you know, whatever. It's like being able to say, hey those comments about my sneezes don't sit well with me and this is why (laughs) oh man they're excessive (laughs) mare is a is a um it's not excessive chronic sneezer you have to sneeze sometimes 60 times a day i don't sneeze 60 (laughs) times a day that's exaggeration. This is appropriate because there are little things in our relationships that our partners do that get hit us in a certain way and we have certain reactions. Mm-hmm. And it's not that sneezes are bad. It's that they're so loud and startling. <laughs> and I'm like, that they're, they're, you know what I was thinking about when you were doing your intro, I was like, what if I just sneezed right, right now? Then. <laughs> And and there's a lot of them. If it was once a day, twice a day, it'd be different. It's, it's no, it's it's, it's when... at minimum of forty a day. I've been, <laughs> no, I've been not... counting. That's I have been true. counting. When I have allergies, it's a lot. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. No, I have. Have I sneezed today? No, you haven't. I have, right? There's so, a whole day left. That's an exaggeration. This is true. Well, that's an appropriate one because it seems so inconsequential. It seems so small. Yet to me, 
it's like shocking mm-hmm. because there's because it's loud you know what it is I think it probably is is that I'm more quiet than you are more quiet yeah. quieter than you are yeah and so when <laughs> when loud noises come out of you know when I sneeze loudly it startles you right like yeah it, I mean, it really does I'm on a if on a I'm usually very quiet yeah so it sounds small it sounds weird to say that it's just that actually is something that I want you guys to think about something as small as that and my reaction triggers something in you Mm -hmm. to think a certain thing Mm -hmm. about me Mm -hmm. and that's where we're just kind of you know it's that's where we're going to kick this thing off is um first of all we owe everybody listening both in our in our group which by the way if you're listening on the podcast like through itunes or spotify or something and you want to be on these calls live and you want to ask questions of us and do a QA with us while we're recording make sure you go and join our facebook group our facebook community the irreplaceable man community and you'll see the link to uh to join this live and you can come in i mean guys if you're struggling if you're having issues, if you know that something could be different and you need some support and you need a strategy, you need some structure, like take advantage of everything you possibly can to, to, to get that for yourself. So I think the, in the past, and we talked about this on our Thursday live training, which by the way, if you haven't joined our Thursday live trainings, make sure you join those. They're Thursdays at 5 PM Pacific time, not specific time. Pacific time, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Thursdays. (laughs) Uh, And they're on Zoom. And you can, obviously, if you're a group member, you can go in, you got access, they're free for group members. And every Thursday, we're digging into these concepts, answering questions, doing group discussion, coming up with strategy, coming up with structure, exercises, and questions around these topics that we're discussing on Mondays. So, as I usually do, I'm going to tell you the asshole that I used to be. And it's not that you weren't. It's that I was the dominant. Yeah. And I know a lot of guys. Low key asshole things. Yeah. yeah. A lot of guys um, are like me and are more of the leader or more of the dominant. I think leader is, there's different kinds of leader because you definitely lead this family with everything, keeping it together, running the kids' lives, house, food, all that stuff, doctor's appointments, the little things. Mm-hmm. And then I lead in other ways. Mm-hmm. That would be the unseen labor. That would be the unseen labor. Mm-hmm. So who I used to be, and I want to talk about this, there's a lot of guys watching who are like the man I used to be. And there are guys listening and watching who are more of the ghost or the you know people pleaser avatar if you don't know what that means you should grab our um, replaceable man assessment it's got 10 replaceable man avatars and you can see which one you are and and you can figure out okay i'm definitely the people pleaser or the ghost or the aggressor or the check writer and that's not working anymore how do i shift out of that into this authentic and irreplaceable version of me because it's not that that's mm-hmm. been a protection method. So the the replaceable man avatar that I was was the aggressor, 
the check writer, the information addict, and the problem solver, mm -hmm. and the problem solver. And back then, I didn't trust or understand my emotions at all, because how many of us are actually taught how to understand our emotions and process them effectively and efficiently or given exercises or guidance around that? Not many. No. Our kids have that because we learn that. Um, and so the guy that I was, and when I say the guy I was, isn't this big shift and in, in change. It's it's more of an illumination, right? That's our, our purpose-driven formulas. It's an illumination of what's working and what's not working and what's missing and what results I want yet don't have and know are possible. I'm just not achieving them in the relationship. What gives? And then the second step of the formula, which is, um, hey, John, hey, Marcus, it's just popping up now. Okay, cool. Glad you guys are here. Um, the second step is eliminating the things that aren't working. And then the third step is calibrating in the things you know you need and who you need to be in order to achieve those results. Because mm -hmm. the results happen naturally from that formula. Illuminate, eliminate, calibrate equals acceleration mm -hmm. or the results you want that simple. So the guy that I was, was the aggressor, the check writer, the people pleaser, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think people pleaser? Not with you. Oh, no. <laughs> with everywhere else. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Because the fears that I had, and guys, we talk a lot about our fears and a lot about our past programming, because it's so significant in the results that we have and how we operate and who we show up as and the behavior and attitudes th that we have, like that's, that's, I mean, I was, I was feeling insignificant and I was the people pleaser to be significant in the, in, in the outside area of my life. And when I came home, I was too tired, too annoyed. And there was so much at stake with you rejecting me mm -hmm. after I had kind of gone through and toughed out being rejected all day that now I can't take another hit from the person that can hurt me the most. Mm -hmm. And so my emotions would go crazy and it would come out as anger mm -hmm. and frustration and annoyance and you fill in the rest. So let's paint that picture of who I was and again, it's not that you weren't at fault or anything like that. Right. You guys know that. Like you're, it's not that your wife doesn't have challenges and faults and things that she needs to work on. It's that we need to take it on ourselves to run us, to show up differently in the relationship mm -hmm. as the masculine dominant energy to allow our wives in their feminine dominant energy to have space for them to be who they need to be. Yes. You're looking at me like, man, this guy is so smart. This guy's, <laughs> wow, I got so lucky. <laughs> I don't know. Let's talk about, I mean, know we talked about it last week. We ran through the six trust types yeah. or trust balloons. As you have renamed As them. I've kind of renamed them, although our good buddy Alex comes up with some cheesy names for some of our exercises and does not like trust balloons. Does he have another name for them? No. 
trust types. Oh. Although he did come up with Mastermind, Man- which I do not use. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> I mean, that's marketing. Yeah. So we dug into it a little bit last week in the in the six trust types. Now these are two of the trust types, and we're going to dig into these each week in more detail. Let's talk about the emotional piece and how that can blend into the reliability. And then we'll come up with some strategies and some structure around how we can start to repair this and some techniques on on how we can start to make some course correction and changes now so you can get instant feedback. Because remember, guys, your behavior is a formula. Your thoughts are a formula. If you're running the formula in a certain manner, you're going to get a certain result, right? It's a math problem. If you start to change certain components like your language, your attitude, your behavior, and your habits, then you will 100% over time, because sometimes it's not immediate, although a lot of stuff is, you will get a different result over time. And you'll get to see the evidence instantly. And you're going to have to learn to trust your emotions because there's an exercise that we have inside of our mastermind called evidence versus emotion. And if you have taken our 12 day challenge, or if you've, or if you've done our Kickstarter coaching program, you'll know that the E versus E exercise is in there and it's your emotions are running like crazy and they're coming up with these nutty thoughts, right? Just not realistic thoughts. And on the other side of that, they are counterbalanced by emotions or really they're outbalanced by emotion or by evidence. And you have to learn that because if you start changing your behavior, your attitude, and the way you show up for your wife, you start to trust your emotions. You start getting a different result. She reacts to you. Even if it's small, she reacts to you a little bit differently. That is evidence that your formula is starting to work. Well, and and I would just like to, re- to add something to that. You can't get frustrated when you show up differently one time and your <laughs> wife is like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Because it's going to take repeated yeah. action and changes and like little micro moments for for each partner to um, to register that and to not be like, uh, are you trying to bait me into something oh, or are you like what's actually happening right now? Talk about that. What do you mean bait you? Well, like what have you felt in the past? Well, not maybe bait is a no, no. I think that's I think it's but you know, are you trying to um get me to act a certain way so that you can be proven right in a scenario? Or you know, because it for a long even sometimes now when you like do something, I'm like, wait, what? Something like something like good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like there it because it like it has to register, you know, because I'm not I wasn't used to that for so long for you caring and showing up and yeah, that not having comments. <laughs> that makes a big difference. It does. It makes a big difference. So and you can't not give up. And I think this is what we we ran into sometimes too is like you would just be like, well, I've done all this and you're not. And I'm like, well, but I have to process through that because I'm so used to you being this other person. Yeah. Like I can't all of a sudden just forget about that. Fair. That's fair. And I I also then it's on me in that moment too, then to do the work to not react. Yes. And to not bait you then. 
um, what's the number one thing that you're talking about right now? It's all about start to the C. Consistency. Yeah. And and we do a lot of training in the business world too with salespeople and, and managers. And the biggest thing is consistency. Like yeah. you have to be consistent. The challenge is that you got to be consistent in the most serving activities. You can't be consistent in, well, I brought you flowers every day for seven days. Yeah. Aren't you happy? Well, I picked up the groceries and picked up the kids. I hear from guys all the time. And they'll go, dude, this week I like took so much off my wife's plate and, and she's still like not responsive. And then you go, what, what does she think about that? Again, evidence-based. What does she think about that? And they'll say, I don't know. And you go, well, you have to know. And when they go and ask for the ones that have courage that do ask, which you have to know from your wife, guys, exactly what she's experiencing. What she says most of the time is, that's your responsibility too, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like you've done to me, like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's not my responsibility. You didn't help me out. This is your house and your family too. And it took me a long time to really break through that in our roles because I felt like my significance and and my value was in my professional world. Mm -hmm. And that me doing dishes or helping you out wasn't me being valuable. It was just helping you out. Yeah. But I also want a reciprocation for that, which I didn't really get. I do remember a time when you said, do you really want my valuable mind share being taken up by this? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Because my Give mind share is details. valuable also. No, just like um, thinking about things that needed to happen at the house or planning for something or little things like that, 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 you know, yeah, that you didn't, you thought you were too good to do, but yet you had strong opinions on when they actually happened. Yeah, that's fair. So it's not a, you doing the dishes is not a favor to me. Right. You listening to the kids schedule, listening, you going over the, the kids schedule with me and figuring out when, where, how is not taking up your valuable mind share. It's you parenting your children. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that for such a long time. And we know, right. I'm going to keep going back to this root cause. The root cause was because of how insecure I felt on the inside, regardless of how I looked on the outside and how I performed on the outside, how I felt on the inside was massively insecure about how I felt and my emotions and that when it comes to emotional trust, I didn't have any with myself right? because as some of you or most of you know, I mean, your emotions can be all over the place minute to minute and they're usually externally validated or driven um, or affected. And then what that compounded into was reliability trust in myself and that these are the things that I can trust myself to do. All these other things, one, I don't trust myself to do them. Mm -hmm. Two, I don't trust that my emotions are going to stay stable enough 
for me to actually get into something other than what I feel I'm best at, which also brings me most significance. Right. And for guys that, that aren't breadwinner for guys that aren't, um, uh, you know, the provider in that role, you have to think about what it is for you in terms of your significance or, or your self-worth or your value and what's really affecting your internal world. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, your emotions will crush you. They will drive you. Like we said earlier, they will help you make decisions. They will make you make decisions that you think are dead real. And all it is, 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 is like in our, in with, with our private coaching clients, the way that I describe it is it's like you're chasing ghosts around a room, but there's somebody and there's somebody else in the room with you looking at you like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. That's actually you going, this sounds crazy, but it feels so real. And my brain is making all this sense of it. And I know this isn't real. Why does it feel so strong? And it's almost like if somebody were sitting in a room with you and you were chasing a, a, a visible like ghost around a room and you kept looking back at them and saying, you don't fucking, you don't see that? There's two now. There's two ghosts. There's two ghosts. You don't see that? They're right there in the corner. You don't see him? And the person's like, what? Did you escape from a mental institution? Are you okay? Are you on your, off your meds today? Or you, should I call the police? That's you inside between the two different parts of your brain, right? The the subconscious unconscious, which is the, the fear-based and programmed and traumatized conditioned version of us and the, and the present conscious brain, which is making logical sense of things. Mm -hmm. Because in the present moment, the emotions from the past, which is where they're derived, they don't exist, right? Right. Anxiety doesn't exist because the present moment doesn't have the future. And depression doesn't exist because the present moment doesn't have the, 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 the consequences or the mistakes or the choices of the past. And so step one is going to be, you got to, you got to learn to trust you. Mm -hmm. and that's why I started building the evidence versus emotion exercise because I did not trust me and I could not figure out I was going to psychologists. I was going to counselors, therapy. Nobody was able to help me. Except they did give me the cognitive behavioral therapy chart. And technically, I didn't want to do it because it was it took too long. It was inefficient. Technically. It was inefficient. So one doctor definitely helped me uh, a lot. And. I took the CBT chart and I created the E versus E exercise for myself because I wanted something really fast to, to box up my emotions and the evidence that supports them and understand how to consistently get into action and activity when those emotions came up and, and start to build a habit to trust myself more. So when the emotions hit, I could, I could divert them fast and base everything on evidence in the mm -hmm. present moment. So that's that. That's that. What does rebuilding emotional trust mean to you or emotional trust mean to you? Um, In myself or in us? Just uh, the same way you asked it of me. So I, sometimes I, I think with ourselves, I don't even know if it's rebuilding. I think it's just building it because yeah. from childhood on, it was never built to begin with. I mean, look at politicians today you know there are some good politicians I, I won't tell you who because 
I don't feel like getting into that conversation. Not you. I'm talking to everybody. Um, Where this isn't a, a, a political. <laughs> no, like just... just look at politicians because that's the way that you can see grown men in power being complete fucking babies, letting their emotions get the best of them and drive them. Mm -hmm. And subsequently helping to make decisions for the public, mm -hmm. which is dangerous as shit. And I think that most people who side with or, or you know, go with certain politicians, it's not the politics that they really like. It's what Eckhart Tolle calls the pain body, mm -hmm. being attracted to the pain body of that politician. Right. And their their emotional registration with this politician and how they speak about certain topics or certain, you know, whatever issues. They register with that and then the issue. Mm -hmm. And it's a skill that politicians have. However, I mean, go go look at at some of the famous political failures and you'll see they are they are not in the present moment they are registering emotions so it's just a good thing to i i i don't watch the news or watch politics however when i do catch something on instagram or something i will evaluate it from the standpoint of wow this person has never learned emotional control or regulation they've never learned to trust their emotions mm -hmm. And so to me, it's really building a foundation of emotional trust because just we just haven't had that in our lives at a really high level, or really at any level, frankly, because our parents most likely did not have emotional regulation either. So for me, I think this probably because it's so foundational and so internal and the rest of them, like physical trust, communication trust, financial trust, I think they stem from this. That's why mm -hmm. I put emotional trust first in the six trust types or balloons. It's 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 it's, it's massive. It, mm -hmm. it has an impact on everything. When you react emotionally, when you're driven by emotions, you are making decisions that impacts everything else in your life. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. Good. We should have a little ding bell oh i should have my little setup here i can push buttons oh, yeah. clapping yeah. laughing i'll get that back so what's interesting is um the emotional piece i, I really want to there's something i wanted to ask you more about because i know that i know the guys are gonna um wonder it more more about like story from you yeah let, let's how how was you how was the emotional trust broken from me to you or was it ever in place was it in place you know I was kind of pondering our early days of marriage the other day and I was like kind of I was thinking that like was it ever was were these foundations ever in place or were we just kind of going through this like motion of what society says it's a great point marriage should be and how we should each show up I think that like there was maybe surface level emotional trust um until we got into like really hard things in life yeah and um 
I don't know that I ever understood that there could be that trust could be broken in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Until like we, until I really started understanding how our relationship was actually playing out and what was actually going on and questioning kind of like, eh, he's kind of an a-hole when he doesn't want to do the dishes and why is all of this on me? And, you know. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder how many relationships out there were like what you described like are we just going through the motions based on what we feel we're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. how many relationships do you think are are based on real depth of communication trust and connection or like emotional trust or like if you want to we can dig into that because we're going to dig into communication and connection over the next like 12 weeks too yeah. Uh, right now for the next couple of weeks we're staying on trust how many really I don't, I don't I think it's a small fraction I mean probably I think you act people have to, like from the very beginning in the relationship yeah it, very small fraction probably then it doesn't grow who, though unless you're actively working on yourselves and the relationship right and you can still like our relationship wasn't built on that foundation no that's what I'm saying yeah. How many people out there are based are built on or based on a, a a foundation of sand, and not like the Dubai tallest building in the world world Burj Khalifa built on sand because that's engineering marvel. I'm talking about like you you kick this thing off with a physical attraction. Mm -hmm. And, and, and maybe other people have different like ways that we're, they were attracted to their partner. Um, I think we're, we're kicked off with physical attraction. Then there's an emotion, there's a intellectual or, or like emotional connection. Yeah. Love and oxytocin and hormones are flying. I mean, how many people really get into a relationship, you know, week two and are like, Hey, let's, let's, uh, let's slow this thing down a little bit. And, um, you know, this week, instead of us being physical and expressing our emotions like that, why don't we outline a, a, um, a structure for how we're going to share and communicate openly with each other? They don't. It goes physical, intellectual, or whatever other connection you have, sexual, intimate, the physical connection grows, grows, grows. Then all of a sudden, it starts to plateau. And then all the other shit that you've been missing about this person or about yourself in the relationship starts to come in to view mm -hmm. and illuminates. And then challenges start. I mean, I talked to guys that had challenges week or, or month three in their, yeah. in their relationship, still got married. Maybe some of them had a kid, then got married, still got married, had kids, never dealt with the problem, or they went to marriage coaching or they went to couples therapy which is bullshit and doesn't work. Challenge me on it. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you all day about it. Like talking about your problems will not solve shit. It'll make it worse. Then I'm telling you that in my opinion, marriage counseling and relationship or couples therapy is a, is a massive catalyst for a relationship ending mm -hmm. because you are not 
actually doing the deep dive work on you. You're coming in and you're talking about the problems that you already know are there. Well, I think it's that also too, if you're not, if you're, if you're going into couples therapy or counseling, whatever, as a, this is, this is what we're going to do to fix our relationship, right. but you're so not I mean, doing work on the other sorry. side of it. You're just in that room yeah. complaining. I'm not going to tell you that there aren't marriage counselors out there or couples therapists out there that can absolutely help you grow your spouse grow, which then naturally grows the relationship. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I'm talking about the majority Yeah, and the mindset around come in, let's talk about your problems. And then, Hey, here's how you can solve this when this comes up and here's how you can solve this. You're only addressing, you're only addressing the surface level like like the the result of the reaction to you're not actually going into the depth of why you show up like that Mm -hmm. no counselor has ever no therapist no psych nobody that we ever talked to had ever talked about what's fueling your anger ian why do you show up the way you do where's that behavior stem from where's your belief patterns from your past where were you traumatized as a child? Nobody has ever said that. Mm-hmm. And and of the hundreds of men that we coach, not one of them has found marriage counseling or couples therapy to be beneficial as a whole. There may be some things that they take. Cool. I didn't know about that. Maybe I'll try that. But then you go back and try that. Yet the operator of the machine, and you guys hear me talk about this a lot, the operator of the machine, you is still the same operator and you're expecting the machine to have a different product at the end of the line. Mm -hmm. It will never happen. You're programming the machine the same exact way because you're the same exact guy with the same skills and habits and, and, and behavior and knowledge, maybe a little bit more knowledge. It doesn't help you reprogram the machine, you know? Yeah. So I don't know where we were. However, let's come back from that tangent. So let's talk about, uh, all right, 1040. So I want to make sure that we get into some strategies for rebuilding emotional trust through open communication and empathy. Okay. Also want to talk about repairing reliability trust by being more accountable and dependable and keeping consistent with what you say you're going to do, which is all, it's really about discipline and integrity. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's discipline and integrity. And then lastly, we're going to talk about some techniques for strengthening emotional connection in the relationship. Do you think we can get through all that? No, no, I'm going to go through them fast because here's what happens now. We're going to go through these fast. Then on the free Thursday training inside the irreplaceable man community, my God, it's so nice to have that seamless. The free Thursday training, which all of you should be at. Guys, it's it's live with me, coaching, teaching, training, group discussions, Q&A. Oh, no. On that Thursday training, we will take all of these things and we'll break them down. Sound good? Okay, so we're going to go through these fast. Write your questions. Show up to that Thursday training. If you can't make it to the Thursday training, every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, if you can't make it to the training, then you'll see the, the event pop up inside the community, drop your question in there and say, Hey bro, can't make it. Um, and here's my question. And then I'll just write back to you. I'll send you a message or I'll send you a a voice note and I'll answer the question for you. 
Other than that, bring it to the Thursday training. Okay, ready? Yes. Strategies for rebuilding emotional trust through open communication and empathy. There are five that I came up with. Okay. Active listening. Yes. So your partner feels heard, feels valued, and that they can actually trust that you're going to be there, mm -hmm. present and listening. And we talk about that in the 12 step guide. What is active listening? We have a lot of can great resources. No, I know. I like circling back to can them. You, can advantage. you give us an example of active listening? Because I realize I did something that doesn't necessarily imply active Were listening. Were you actually active listening right now? <laughs> um, I like to break it down between, hear, uh, between hearing and listening. So listening is like the, the, you can be in a room and you can listen to a conversation. Right. I believe that actually hearing someone active listening is the, is the hearing somebody and not only what they're saying, it's what's behind that, that they might need, right. That your spouse might need when your wife says, you know, I'm okay. I'm fine. What you're listening to is I'm okay. I'm fine. What you're hearing is she needs something from me. You want to build the trust. And this is communication trust too. You want to build the trust reliably step up every time and allow your wife to be heard and feel seen and valued that our opinion matters because that's your trauma. Um, and, and, in like instantly you can start to change that, that result where she, where you, she actually feels like she can talk to you about things. Right. Yeah. Is that what you were thinking? Mm -hmm. okay. I just wanted, I wanted a example. Next one. Empathy. You want to handle that one? No, you go. This is your show. You're going to run the next one all by yourself. That makes I'm me I'm going to be your co-host. That makes me nervous. I'm going to give you a structure and an outline. Okay. Empathy. Um, I ran a meeting this morning already. I'm... I know you did a great job with that one. So this one's basically putting yourself in your partner's shoes and really understanding what they're talking about and how they're feeling about it and what you could possibly do to help them if they need help. That's a big differentiation. I'm going to leave that one. Next okay. one is communicating openly. Communicating openly is sharing in a present sense, not in a, well, I'm sharing my feelings with you, but you're pissed off. Or and you're pissed off. Communicating openly, I feel like also don't. I feel like we go into things knowing a little bit of or what we're or thinking, being, feeling, right. or be, you know, yeah. And it's it's not the um. What's the word I'm looking for? I, I think it's just being honest too and not trying to sugarcoat anything or be aggressive about anything. It's saying, hey, I need to talk to you about yeah. something. Can we be present together in this moment? Yeah, I'm with you. It's a, I, I just, I was taking a note because I'm, I'm, I'm going to develop something additional for this for Thursday. If you like, and maybe, 
maybe this is the same thing communicating openly it's like do i feel heard and seen mm -hmm. do you feel heard and seen and valued and am i willing to share my feelings and my perspective from a present moment and allowing a space for you to share yours too because at that yeah. point i mean guys i get i get messages from guys all the time they're like how the fuck do you you and your wife just talk like that openly like that and like not have anything between you like my like challenges or mm -hmm. animosity or resentment and i'm like well it's built it's been built over years of constant consistent practice and whatever so it's i find it really important the big differentiation is that it's not just communicating what you're feeling and what you're thinking and your perspective about things because then that could turn the other person off make them feel wrong and like completely backfire on you mm -hmm. so it's really it's really grounding yourself and centering yourself and saying okay where are these feelings and thoughts coming from and can i communicate these in a way that my partner is going to feel like they can communicate back. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, what this one is. Right. Next one's rebuilding intimacy. Uh, we're going on time. Rebuilding intimacy. I think, you know, if you read the 12-step guide to becoming an irreplaceable husband, there's a, um, uh, a section in there which is like face the awkward and uncomfortable. Rebuilding intimacy is what that chapter is about. And it's, it's not about sex. It's about what your partner needs and and wants in an intimate way. And it could be holding hands or hugging or a pat on the back. Not literally, you know what I mean? Like a, a hand on the back, like I got you. And th those little things could be massive for, for the other person. Right. You know, that's what I think about with, rebuilding intimacy and it could be quality time right could be um it could be giving your partner the space to say i like these activities and i want you to be a part of them and then being a part of those activities and saying nothing just being there that's hard for you it's challenging yeah and please uh, let's make note we are works in progress <laughs> we are not we are, we might be experts in, in most of this because we've done it and we've coached it thousands of hours and we've been coached on it for thousands of hours. Yet we still have our faults and our mistakes. We just, we can just get through them quicker. Right. You know? All right. Last one. Taking responsibility. Yeah. For your actions and your emotions mm -hmm. and stopping the consistency in the Every time this happens, this is how you react. And then you apologize because the reliability trust is broken. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, your look was crazy. Well, it's a cycle. You've got to stop the cycle Yeah. by taking responsibility for your emotions, how you react. Because it there there is good consistency and there's bad consistency. Well, and that's what serving you're serving and non-serving. So, yeah, that's right. Serving and non-serving. Excuse me. Guys, just take note on that. There is no good and bad here. There's serving and non-serving. I just want I we just, we have a we have a language within this, this irreplaceable man world. Okay, go ahead. No, you go. No, you go. I, I I was just I was just making a note for the guys. Well, okay, so here so the the serving and non-serving 
the serving consistency is those like micro changes that we talked about. And that's like taking, that isn't like, that is taking responsibility for your actions and how my tooth came out, putting it back in. Some of these guys have seen me without a tooth in. Some of these guys have seen me with it in. It's a temporary. Uh, when did you tell me you had a fake tooth? Our first date? I don't know. Stay on something. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, now I lost my train of thought. So, no. Oh, the 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 loop. Yeah, the that, cycle. The cycle yeah. that you get into. It the, what breaks that is taking responsibility for your own side of it, not pushing the other person to take responsibility for theirs. Right. An example of that. Opinion. Yeah. An example of that. Well, in our experience yeah. too, an example of that would be, I'm trying to communicate with you, but all you do is shut me down. Mm-hmm. And, and the, and then your spouse is going, but you, you're, you're an asshole about or, it. Or I think what we always ran into was I was trying to communicate with you very openly and vulnerably, whatever. And you immediately would jump into problem solve. I can remember. Yeah tons of scenarios where tons is an exaggeration but there are probably tons um where i would i would want to open up to you vulnerably and i'd want to have a discussion with you about something or i'd want to come to you with emotions and you would immediately jump into problem solving and it wasn't always the how can i help you what do you need? What do you feel you need? What do you, whatever it was the, well, this is what I, da, 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 me, 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 me. And it became about you. Yeah. So that closed off a lot of our open communication. Yeah. So taking responsibility for how you show up in every kind of scenario, scenario yeah. is huge. I agree. And that's how you can rebuild some of this emotional trust because we went through that. Me saying to you, you've got to stop with this problem solving, immediately taking everything and making it about you and whatever. And just, and that's hard for you, I think, well, even now still it to was. just listen. Yeah. It goes back to the value that I felt I had where I was most significant was in my professional world as a problem solver, I got rewarded for that. Mm-hmm. And so- the value that I felt you needed was for me to help you. And I didn't feel like listening was anything I was going to get an award for. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, really, I didn't, I didn't think that there was any kind of appreciation or approval in just listening. Right. Yeah. And there is, there's a lot that it, a lot. It opens up so much more in a relationship. Yeah. These are so small and, and that's what, such a big impact. Well, this is something we kind of touched on this. They, they do have a huge impact too. I think in maybe one of the first episodes that we recorded together was the, you know, go, getting into a conversation. Do I need help? Do you, I need help solving a problem or do, do I just need you to listen? And it's just saying that, asking that question or um, prefacing the conversation with, I just need you to hear me right now. That's a part of of communicating openly yeah. is setting up the expectation for the communication, mm-hmm. which is here's what I need from you. And when you do that, can you deliver that? Then you can move on to mm-hmm. your next move and actually communicating it. First communicate 
the expectation you have, like, hey, I need your help with solving this problem. Mm-hmm. I So when I tell you this, I need you to help me solve it. Or, hey, I need to share something and I don't need you to talk. I just need you to stand there and listen. And now the expectation is clear. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yeah. going to add, I'm going to add that in here. Set good expectations. It's a good one. For the conversation. Right. Expectations, set good expectations or set serving expectations. Oh, you're right. There's no good or bad. For the conversation. Okay. Uh, we got 10 minutes left. I'm going to, we're going to drop into tips for reliability or for repairing reliability trust by being more accountable and dependable. But go ahead. What are they? Same thing? Mm-hmm. A lot of them are the same because they're all based on the same foundational principles. Okay, go, but okay, go ahead. What's your comment? Nothing. Are you all right? I'm good. <laughs> I'm solid. All right. So, number one, setting clear expectations well i wanted to make sure so that mean... setting your expectations was also oh, okay i see strategies for building emotional trust i see what you're doing here okay. and empathy i understand yeah i let's we since we've just talked about setting let's talk about following through with commit commitments yeah agreed go for it we talked about this last time it's really important that we bring it up again if you mention that you're going to do something and you don't do it, whether you think it's big or small, it's most likely that your spouse is thinking that it's big mm-hmm. because the reliability trust is being tested. It's not about the dishes or the trash or cleaning up here or doing it's it's about can I trust this person? It's a it's deeper than that. So when when you used to like bust my ass about dishes or taking the trash out and not remembering I took it as a service level, like, Jesus, it's fucking simple. Like, relax. What you were saying is I need to know that I can trust you on everything you say you're going to do. Well, and it's little things like, okay, uh, you know, taking out the trash or the, the dishes, it's the time, you know, like right. if I wake up in the morning and the dishes are still on the sink, it's like, I thought I was going to have the time. He said he was going to do it. So I expected to come down to a clean kitchen this morning and now it's not. So now I have to do them. My time is no longer valued. Yeah. I'm going to put, I'm going to make that another one. Respect your partner's time. Yeah, that's a good one. And I think the, the things that we think are little when they add up so much it's just yeah it's overwhelming yeah and little things just like in the 12-step guide little things compound and compound and compound and a lot of the guys that I speak with have said to me you know in the beginning the vacations or the cars or the presents or the this or the that you know memberships here or there or whatever were like they could solve our problems Mm -hmm. but they were really only temporarily solving the problem and compounding it behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and then there's an eruption yeah you know okay so following through on your commitments respecting your partner's time remember guys this is a formula illuminate eliminate calibrate equals acceleration or the results that you want so 
respecting your partner's time. If your partner feels in that reliability trust that you said you were going to do something and you didn't do it, there's another compound on top here where your partner doesn't feel like their trust or their, their time is being respected. So I just want to throw that in there real quick. Next one is be honest. That seems so basic. That, that, that's all we're going to say. <laughs> like, be honest. Be honest. Um, take responsibility for yourself and your actions. Own your shit. Own your mistakes. Be accountable for your behavior. And, and understand that if your behavior is not working or getting you the results you want, take responsibility and then do something about it. I'm going to say take responsibility and take action. That's really important. It's not about understanding or taking responsibility for your behavior or your actions. It's about understanding it, right? Illuminating it and then doing something about it. Perhaps finding a structure or a strategy to learn how to eliminate it so it doesn't affect you anymore. And the next one is make amends. Mm -hmm. Learn how to say you're sorry. Learn how to apologize effectively. Learn how to apologize with, with actual compassion and with heart behind it, not just Hey, sorry about that. I was like, yeah. Or, sorry. Go ahead. I interrupted you. Um, a part of, I, I think the apology is like being able to say, this is what I see I did wrong, or this is what, yeah. this is why from my perspective, I, like I'm the one apologizing and this is why I, I feel like it played out the way it did. Yeah. I, that's a really great point because then your partner understands like this is competency trust too. Mm -hmm. And your partner understands that you're competent enough to understand what you did, reliable enough that she can trust you to show up differently next time. And obviously your emotions aren't going to drive yeah. you. Mm -hmm. Okay. We've got a couple minutes left. We're going to run through techniques for strengthening the emotional connection in your relationship. Remember guys, on Thursdays, we're going to dive into these. We're going to have group discussion and more coaching around these and more tactics and strategy for how you can start to implement these because you're going to give your examples and we're going to work with those. So Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, make sure you come to the free Irreplaceable Husband live training. Techniques for strengthening the emotional connection in your relationship. Open communication. Mm -hmm. Quality time. Yep. Emotional support mm -hmm. for both yourself and your partner intimacy again mm -hmm. and shared experiences yep shared experiences is 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 you know exploring new places in your town exploring a new tv show or book together like like what is it that you guys do together there are about 85 percent of the men that we work with or that you even just talk to on a weekly basis who have nothing in common and you and i used to i used to worry about that yeah big time and I didn't think that I didn't think that some of the small things that we like to do together, like driving around and exploring mm -hmm. was good enough. Yeah. Well, I talk about that. What about our love of going for drives? Yeah. But I mean, so here's, I, I think we like going for drives because we, it, I, I mean, I, I started love during COVID. No, I mean, we before, did it, but way, way before, before that, but like it really kicked, but it kicked really into kicked high gear. Yeah. There was like, that was the only thing we would do. So we would Just put the put kids, the in, kids the in the car. Price was a baby. So he would go to sleep. Ellis, we would get her dinner. Yep. We'd grab, Chick you know, Chick-fil-A or something. 
and we would just drive and it was really time for us to talk it was a captive environment it was yeah you're right a captive environment. i mean that's in a, anything, in a really positive sense but we could like it was anything and everything and we would drive for hours yeah and we would sometimes we wouldn't talk for hours and sometimes we would talk the entire time yeah and when we we used to do it like when we would go on vacation too we would right. just drive and explore explore the places um and we still do it. We haven't done it in a while, actually, here. Two we, weeks ago. We found that new street. Oh, that's true. We did do it. But we used to do it, like, every, every night. night. Yeah. And that's point. also when our new town was really new. Yeah. But we, I mean, but even then, we still, you know, we'd go after dinner and get the kids ice cream and and drive around and. Learn new streets. Here's yeah. here's what, as we wrap up, I'm going to wrap up in just a minute. Uh, the What I find it. And and what I, I want to encourage all of you guys to find your thing that can that can facilitate more open communication. For me, sitting quietly in a room with no distractions is challenging to the ADHD mind. Mm-hmm. And so being as present as possible isn't as prevalent sitting in a quiet room with you. Going into a car, and having just a little bit of distraction of me driving. Yeah, you need that. It keeps you on. And yeah. things that we can start to talk about. I mean, guys, look, if you if you haven't already, you got to, it says our moments, these, these little playing cards, like you got to have ways that you can spark conversation, prime it up, and then probe down into things that really come up. For us, driving around is a priming conversation. It primes the conversation, whether we're talking about a big house, and then we ask an additional question. Would you live there? What would you do there? Would you be creeped out there? What would you do with all that land? I wonder what that house looks like inside. Like, and then it starts to open up a little bit more because you're, you're like, for me, I'm somewhat distracted with driving, which allows my brain to be more focused on and feel like it's, it's not all over the place. I can be focused on a conversation. And we also have the space to open things up. Mm-hmm. However, it's also way more confronting because you can't just walk out of the room. Yeah. I think it's great because we have to stay in the conversation. You can't just leave the car. Mm-hmm. And it and it provides another level of accountability to both of us, mm-hmm. especially when deeper conversations come up. Plus, our kitties are in the back mo- watching the model of how a couple communicates, which we have not been the greatest at mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. We're great at it. We're just, we have had our failures. Mm-hmm. We have well, our it failures. also provides time too to get into conversation with the kids. Yeah, agreed. And totally you know, agree. now we've like, now we check on construction of houses right. or, you know, we like, oh, this restaurant opened. Okay, so now we know we need to go. Yeah. And it's 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 got a lot of benefits and it sounds small. It, it has a lot of big, really heavy, healthy, productive benefits. Yeah, it works well for us. Yeah. So that's it. We're going to wrap right now. Um, I used to be afraid that we couldn't do this for an hour. Really? Yeah. And one of my coaches said to me, well, then why don't you just make it 20 minutes? And mm-hmm. be okay with that. And anything you go over 20 is great. And so that's what I do is I go, we're going to go 20 minutes today. I just don't tell you that. <laughs> we're going to go 20 minutes today. And uh, whatever comes up in 20 is great. And 
we always we, we we consistently go an hour. So yeah, I'm always afraid that we're gonna go way longer. We could. Not we afraid. Afraid is a strong, but like I know. No, I, I I'm a seasoned professional. I point. know you are. <laughs> So guys, um, we want you to be interactive here. So make sure when you're watching this on replay, the guys that are live, drop your comments in. What did you learn? What did you take as 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 impactful? What was the value or what was the 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 thing that was you found most valuable out of this call today? For those of you listening on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and you're listening to the podcast, journal that, come into the group and drop that out and say, hey, I just listened to the podcast where we talked about repairing emotional and um, reliability trust with the end of mayor. This is what I learned. This is what I found most valuable. As I've reiterated, or as I've said along the way, a lot of things that can be valuable here for you, a lot of things. So if you, if you need more help, if you need more guidance and support, we got you. Make sure you're coming to these every Monday. Make sure you're coming to the free Thursday training inside the Irreplaceable Man community every Thursday night at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, where we are live and we are going through these things in depth and giving you structure, strategy, and support to be able to start making moves and taking action and getting the results you want for your marriage and actually reigniting it with an eternal flame, not just a quick blip, quick spark. We've got the 12-step guide to becoming an irreplaceable husband that's done I mean, there's like 500 people that have that guide in the last 45 days, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten so much feedback from it. If you don't have it, get it. You're going to have to put your email in. It is what it is. That's how you get it. That's how you get it. The guide's free and it will give you practical, tactical, you know, real world based things that you can start to do that are that you might think are small. And I can tell you that they are not small. They will add up just like these little conversations we're having now. These things add up. So there's that, right? So you got the podcast on Mondays. You got the free group training on Thursdays. You got the the free twelve step guide to becoming an irreplaceable husband. And you have, um, oh my god, I'm just blanking on. It. Oh, if you're the type of guy that says, "Man, I need it now. I need coaching now. I need help now." Our mastermind is rocking and rolling. You can always have a have a, a opportunity to jump in that anytime you want. It runs 90 days. It's 18 exercises. It's live group coaching every week. And the most important thing, if you need something and you just want to just get some course correction, you just want to feel supported and know you're not alone, you can book a free strategy call with me at any time. And we'll jump on and it is about you. I will not pitch you. I will not sell you. There's no bullshit. There's no gimmicks. There's no none of that. You will not hear about our programs unless you ask. That whole time is for you for me to offer you the most amount of value possible to course correct this thing for you. And if you find that you need more help after that, you can inquire about one of our programs. Other than that, we're just happy that you're here and that we can support you and you support us and we can help you on this journey to reigniting the marriage and becoming the irreplaceable husband that you know you're capable of being, the one your wife deserves and the one she wants to be with forever. Mm -hmm. Kelsey. Smooth. <laughs> All right. Need anything? Let us know. Go to irreplaceableman.com to download that free 12 step guide to becoming irreplaceable husband. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll catch you on the next one.